So I have some good news. Um, imaginary advice won the best fiction category at the British Podcast Awards last weekend. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I am blown away. Sorry, you might be able to, my, my, my cat is feeling lonely, so he won't get off my lap. And now he's trying to eat the microphone. Hey, that is my leg you're digging into there, yeah? What is it? Okay. And? Gone. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I was really blown away by it all. Um, it was just great, actually, to go to the ceremony and uh, just get like a, a cross-section of some of the great things that are being produced in British podcasting right now. And really, the awards, that's only a tiny fraction of uh, the great things that are being made across the country and I felt honoured to be part of that community and uh, and I felt excited for the future of podcasting not only as a platform uh, but as its own art form um, I'm working on a brand new episode right now but in the meantime I thought I would repost a couple of old episodes from further down the feed in general I try to discourage new listeners from listening forwards from episode one which is not to say i'm not proud of the stuff that i did in those early episodes but there are some gnarly moments back there and i don't mean gnarly like a cool skateboard trick i mean shit so i thought by uh reposting a few of the, the good moments from the first year or so of the show that would be a nice celebratory thing to do considering the good news and it would also consolidate the, the parts of the show that i like uh, so I chose two monologues and two stories, and I'm going to post these up over the next couple of days, ready for um, the brand new episode of the podcast to go up uh, in the first week of April. The first up, this is uh, an episode from the first year of the podcast. It has, oh my God, my cat's using his litter tray now. Can you, can you hear that? He's recording with you, man. It's just... It's just... What are you doing in there? Uh, I think this is probably... Overall, this is the most popular episode of the show. But it came out way, way back uh, in... Um, 2015. Early 2015. Episode 17. So that's pretty far down the feed now. This episode is called Six House Parties. Uh, I hope you like it. Party number one. The theme of the party is Toga. Toga party. You arrive early and help Karen set up the dips. Hey Karen, you say, handing her the wakamoni. I, uh, I hope there's dancing tonight, hey? Yeah, says Karen. It's gonna be like the last days of Rome. Ha <laughs> ha, you laugh as well. Ha ha ha. Karen touches you on the arm and then leaves to go get the breadsticks. It is totally on. Most of the guests have hired their togas from a shop. They've got gold trim and 
calf straps. They're quite modest, but that's not your style. No, you've gone with the classic bedsheet over the shoulder look. It's authentic, it's Animal House, it's sexy. It says, I effortlessly complete the brief. Is that a nipple? I hadn't even noticed. The party fills quickly, like a sexy bath. It is not a suicidal orgy, but it is fun. At midnight, you notice a guy in the corner dressed in chinos and a sky blue sports shirt. Karen is hanging on his every word. She introduces him to you. Hey, this is Dave. Hey, dude, you say. Forget your costume. Dave's eyes flit to Karen. He snorts. No, I've come as Toga Matsumoto, the famous Japanese composer. He composed the theme tune to almost every big anime series of the 90s. Your face turns red. Yeah, I knew that, you say. Hang on, I've got to get something. You walk straight out the front door and go home. Party number two. The theme of the party is the letter K. Letter K party. Everyone must come dressed as something beginning with K. There are about eight kings, five King Kongs, two King Kong Bundys. You have come as Chris Christopherson. Cowboy boots, tidy white beard, hair like you've spent all day on the deck of a boat. Kate Middleton has already gone home with Kanye West, which means you are focusing all of your attention on the girl dressed as Stanley Kubrick. She keeps playing the same song over and over and telling the crowd to dance more meaningfully. You ask her if she's got any Beethoven for later. Both of your beards glow in the sugary UV light. You're already the toast of the party after you dispatch the creepy guy who was making inappropriate comments in the kitchen. It's still unclear whether he was Karl Lagerfeld, Emmanuel Kant, or just the character from the film Kingpin. Kubrick dedicates a song to you, Dust in the Wind by Kansas. You dance in front of her seductively. At midnight, there is a ruckus at the door. It's Dave, someone shouts. He's come dressed as potassium. You know, the chemical potassium. Because on the periodic table, it's represented by the letter. Yeah, I I get it, you say, grabbing their bottle of bourbon as you turn. You can hear the sound of Dave fizzing threatening to explode if he touches water, the whole party clapping and chanting his name. You sit in a bedroom and drink alone. Much, much later, someone pops their head in and asks you why you're dressed as Jeff Bridges. 
party number three. The theme of the party is Pat Butcher. Pat Butcher party. Everyone must come dressed as Pat Butcher. You have come as Malibu Pat Butcher. Grass skirt, a blue dahlia in your hair. In the toilet queue, you get chatting to a nice girl and rally fatigues. She has come as NASCAR Pat Butcher. Tiny Lego tires as earrings. Hey Pat, you say. I love your jacket. Maybe you could take me for a drive sometime. Thanks Pat, she says. My baby's in the auto shop, but maybe you could come have a look at it. What do you know about heavily damaged rear suspension? In another room, the phone rings. Phone call for Pat! Someone shouts. You both laugh. At the stroke of midnight, one Frank turns up. He is instantly mobbed by Pats. They swarm him, touching his spectacles as if they were sacred. Frank, Frank, they shout. You don't even have to look round. Someone notices your face. Do you not know who Frank is? I know exactly who Frank is, you say. You catch your reflection in the mirror, then tear off your garland and throw it on the floor. It looks like a big flowery zero. Party number four. The theme of the party is the adversaries of General Victoriano Huerta. Adversary of General Victoriano Huerta party, President of Mexico, February 1913 to July 1940. Most guests have come as the revolutionary Emiliano Zapata, bit obvious. Some have come as President Francisco Moreto or Governor Abraham Gonzalez. There's a couple of Woodrow Wilsons knocking about. It was a messy coup, so there are lots of options for this party, really, if you think about it. Everyone poses for black and white photographs by the fountain, cocktail sausages as cigars. As the clock strikes 12, you hear the sound of someone riding a horse through your host's plastic orange grove. Dave appears, dressed as Jose Cuervo, the tequila mascot, a brace of shot glasses strung across his chest. Suddenly it hits you. Victoriana Huerta died of cirrhosis of the liver. Was his only true adversary himself? I mean, 
Puerta struggled with alcohol since 1907 when he left the army after developing cataracts while serving in the southern jungles. Dependence on alcohol might well have made him more pliable, playing directly into the hands of Henry Lane Wilson, General Bernardo Reyes and Felix Diaz. No booze means no betrayal. Puerta would still be the head of public works, planning new street layouts for Monterey. Was all this in the name of revolution or just one man's dwindling capacity for drink? My God, is everything that I know about 20th century Mexican politics a fucking lie? Bueno, says Dave, pulling out a bueno. Several women swoon over the edge of the balustrade and need to be resuscitated. You remove their moustaches before the ambulance arrives. Party number five. The theme of the party is the Fibonacci sequence. Party starts at one and goes on to one, then two, then three, skips four, then five, skips six and seven, restarts at eight, skips nine to twelve, etc. Everyone dances all night, harmonic intervals going up. Melodic intervals going down. At midnight, right on cue, Dave appears. This time with 50 randoms. I'm crashing your sequence, shouts Dave with a smirk. The gate crashes scatter into the party like ball bearings at a Lindy Hop. A random gets into every conversation, every bottle of booze. They wander around the party, quacking broken sentences until the party turns into a TV tuned to static. Dave, you shout. I got you this time. These people aren't truly random, are they? You just rounded up all your mates from Venture Scouts. Prove it, says Dave. His eyes rick rolling in the pinkish disco light. Party number six, your party. The theme of the house party is Dave. Dave party. Everyone must come dressed as Dave. The decor is Dave. The music is Dave. You Dave up all the Dave until it looks super Dave. Everyone turns out for this one. Every girl you've ever loved, every boy you've wanted to be, the only topic of conversation is Dave. How is he going to do it? How can someone comically misinterpret the theme of a party when the theme is themselves? You know that you have him this time. Dave must fail. Dave must fail. You've been chanting it all week as you decorated, whispering it into the paper chains. It's midnight. Every guest turns to face the door. Camera phones at the ready. The door cracks. You 
hold your breath as a dog toy is tossed through the crack in the door, a small purple dimpled bone that squeaks as it bounces haphazardly down the corridor. Oink, 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 oink. You go to say, is that it? But before you can even add the question mark, the door heaves open and all life follows. Every genus of flower, every dead football player, all the trucks, broccoli, gallows, habits, every lineup of the fall, the alphabet, every out-of-work bodyguard, every second-hand microscope, the concept of shame, every great American novel, all the saints, the Samoans, all the Samoans, a hand the size of a courtyard, every terse bellhop, every older flatmate that DJs, every tall funny guy, every disillusioned punk, every can of Diet Coke, all the geese, Sarah Jessica Parker, every vegetarian lasagna, Frankenstein, every missed penalty, all the goblets, Moorfields Eye Hospital, a lifetime supply of mint flavoured candles, the team behind Sunny Delight, every broken pachinko table, every resurrected slogan, every pregnant member of staff, every man who wears a pink shirt to the office who says, for my sins, when you ask him what his job is, CITV, breast cancer, Pong, wrestling terminology, people called Julie, all the Morrissey fans who say, oh, I don't understand why people don't like Morrissey, and then sing all of the words over the top so you can't hear the fucking song. I don't hate Morrissey, I can't hear Morrissey, I hate you. Fudge, babies, drawings of lungs, all the couples that wear matching jackets and hang around furniture shops, bunk beds, cholera, Santa, windows, French money, carnival hats, Rob Lowe, all the cuckoo clocks, the entire credits of Rabsy Nesbit, Duck Eggs, Shallow Graves, Bulldozers, Paul Oster, all the shotgun weddings, newsagent hair, every fictional character, every children's slide, monkeys, everything, everything ever, from wherever and whenever, for forever, until eventually, at the back of the conga line, you see you, you see yourself entering the party, one hand raised and waggling. Dave, you laugh in agony. Dave, you've done it again. Oh, that's awesome.